This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hey, hey, hey there. Welcome to the How She Did That podcast. My name is Tasha Booth, and I am so happy that you are here. Today, we're going to talk about three tips for starting or growing your agency model business. Now, many of you know that my agency, The Launch Guild, works with coaches and course creators on their launches. And what you probably or maybe may not know is that um, I have a team of 22. And when I say that to people all the time, they are just shocked and they're like, how do you do all the things with a team of 22? But what I want to tell you is that I feel so much less stressed with a team of 22 than I did when I only had a team of three. And the reason for that is all the things that I'm about to tell you now. I didn't do these things when I first, first started my agency and I felt a lot of overwhelm. I felt a lot of burnout. I felt that it was harder rather than easier. I didn't understand why people were so into agency model businesses. And what I grew to realize is that I was starting to build my business the wrong way. And so I don't want that for you. If you're thinking about an agency model business, listen up. This is definitely for you. Or if you already have an agency model business that just isn't feeling really aligned with where you want to go, doesn't feel as great as you thought it would. So let's start by answering the question, what exactly is an agency model business? And is it the same as just having a team? And the answer is sort of, but not exactly. (laughs) So an agency model business, my definition of an agency model business does not have to do anything with the size of your agency. I've seen agency businesses as small as a team of three. I've seen them as large as teams in the hundreds, right? So it doesn't have to do with the size of the business. It's the fact that you your team members are client facing and that they're doing similar work to the work that you are also doing or the work you did. You'll see agency model businesses where there's an account manager for like something like social media and each person, each client is assigned a specific account manager that is specifically helping them with their social media instead of all of the social media being done or all of the the work being conducted by one central person, that person being you, right? So when I first started, one of the things that I didn't exactly do right was that I was really afraid that people were, were coming to me just for me and that I would never be able to fully teach my zone of genius to any other team member in my business. And because of that fear, I didn't have my team client facing, meaning my team wasn't talking to our clients directly. That meant that I was the bottleneck for literally everything, every decision, every approval, every question had to go through me. And I kind of felt like we were playing a game of telephone, right? Because instead of the contractor just being able to reach out via email or Slack or Voxer to the client, they had to reach out to me. I had to get caught up on what exactly the issue was or what the question was so that I could fully explain it to the client. The client 
had to relay it back and so on and so forth. And y'all, it was just exhausting and it did not have any kind of time efficiency or any efficiency to it. And at the end of the day, I was feeling number one, burned out. And number two, like I got absolutely nothing done because I spent all of my time going back and forth with team members and clients, team members and clients. So once I decided to take myself out of being the middleman, and once I decided to truly step into the agency model business that I'm going to tell you and give you these three tips on, that's when things began to open up. That's when it began to feel that feeling of awe and just feeling of calm in my business. And like I could really do those CEO level things that I now needed to do. So that brings me to my first tip, and that is to get your mind right. Now, we as virtual support pros are used to being able to support other people. We're used to being in that support seat. We're not so used to being in that visionary seat all the time. When you are stepping into an agency model business, you are fully stepping into your CEO power, right? Not only are you no longer a solopreneur, you now have a team that is relying on you and you now have a different type of responsibility. You're no longer as much of the implementer as you are the visionary in that business. And that can be a really jarring position to suddenly switch seats. So number one, I want you to know that all of these tips that I'm giving you today, none of it has to be done overnight, nor should it be done overnight. When we try to make drastic change overnight, it just shocks our system and not necessarily in a good way. Have you ever been on a diet where you've just like taken out all your carbs? Ugh, I have to tell you, I did, I think it was a South Beach diet one time. And even though you still get quote unquote good carbs in that, you get like 25 carbs a day, which is not a lot of carbs, right? I did the South Beach diet once, and then I was also taking adult gymnastic lessons at the same time. That's another story for another day. But all I will say is that at the end of that lesson, I had to pull my car over and throw up in a bag because my body was just like in total shock. It was in sugar shock, like my blood sugar was low. It was not a good thing. And so no, it may not be that extreme and that severe when you go from being a solopreneur to an agency owner, but still it's a shock to your system. So we want to do these things slowly. And I'm not saying that you still can't be doing client work. I'm just saying that your primary responsibility changes. It changes to marketing. It changes to sales. It changes to mentoring your team members, right? It changes to holding your team members accountable and onboarding them and, and all of those other pieces that are so, so vital and important in agency model businesses and that so many people forget about. If you're trying to do all the things that you used to do as a solopreneur and also these new things as your CEO and as the visionary, you're going to be overwhelmed really quickly. So one of the books that I want to suggest for this is The Big Leap. It's absolutely amazing. I'm going to put in the show notes the author. I think it's the only book called The Big Leap, um, but I'm, I'll put all the information in the show notes for you at TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast, because it's an amazing book about our limiting beliefs and some of the things that we do and that our body does to compensate when we get to our upper limits, right? And how we can also overcome those upper limit kind of distractions or feelings or things that we do in order to bring ourselves back down into our safe zone or what feels more comfortable. So the first thing that I want you to do, my first tip is decide what you want to do in your business. And this is done by a time inventory. So you are going to take exactly one week from a Monday through a Friday or whatever your business hours, business days are, 
you're going to take that time in your business to document every single thing that you do. Now you can do this via Google Doc. You can do this by pencil and paper. You can do it in toggle and just make sure to switch your toggle timer anytime you switch what you're doing. Um, but you're going to write down every single thing that you're doing. You're also going to write down how long it's taking you. From there, after you've done that for a week, you're going to spend some time and sit down and circle the things that you really enjoy doing that actually light you up and that you want to continue doing in your business. It's not that as an agency owner, you don't get to do any of the things that are fun anymore. It is just that you need to be more picky and choosy about what you personally are going to do and what your team members are going to be responsible for. This is also going to help us in step two, which is then hiring our team and figuring out what those job posts look like. So step one, get your mind right. Realize that you are moving from implementer to visionary in your business, and that's going to require a mindset shift. It's also going to require that you are shifting focus on what you're doing, which is why we're going to do that time inventory and make sure that we are circling all of the things that we actually want to do that actually light us up that are actually in our zone of genius. I tell this story all the time to my booked and balanced ladies about the fact that I love setting up Acuity. I don't know what it is. It's a weird fascination, but I love setting up Acuity for clients. And up until a couple months ago, I was still doing most of the Acuity setups that we would do myself. And that was just because I absolutely loved it. And it was something that lit me up, that kept me still connected to like client work and everything like that. And there finally became a time where I was just like, you know what, this doesn't make any sense. Even though it's only a half hour to an hour and a half of my time, it just doesn't make sense for me to do this. I have other things that I need to do. And so I finally let that go. But when I f- was first starting my business, that was really important to me because I really enjoyed doing it. So I kept it on my plate instead of offboarding it to a team member. And that's the amazing thing. You get to make those decisions yourself about what is important to you. Okay, moving on to step two. So step two or tip number two is to figure out what your ideal org chart looks like. So org chart stands for organizational chart. It means who's in your business, what are they doing, what are their responsibilities, who are they reporting to. That is, it's just a beautiful thing. And I like creating these in Canva because you can make them pretty and organized and everything. So take out your creative side and um, get to Canva and create your org chart. And I want you to create it, not necessarily what it looks like now. So if you have no team members, the only person on your org chart, on your organization, chart would be yourself, right? <laughs> Which is totally fine. If you have a couple team members, then you're going to put those people on your org chart. But then I want you to step back and say, okay, in an ideal world, what does this org chart look like? Who reports to whom, right? Who do I have a, an assistant, right? Who does the assistant report to? Do I have a team lead? Who is reporting to the team lead? Who are the other players? Are there people that I feel like are currently missing in my business that would be a really great asset for both in the business and also client facing? I want you to build that org chart out to its ideal, not necessarily what it looks like right now. And then that way you're able to plan your hiring out and be proactive in your hiring instead of just reactionary. So I want to pause for a second and explain the difference between proactive hiring and reactive hiring. When I was first starting out, remember when I said I felt really overwhelmed when I had three team members? The reason for that is I was doing what was called reactionary hiring. And what that meant was I was waiting until I 
absolutely needed the person. Like I needed them that day. I was overwhelmed. I was burned out. I definitely didn't have systems and, and processes documented. So I couldn't onboard them properly. And then I was overwhelmed even more when I hired them because they kept having to come to me for questions. And then the final product hardly ever looked like what I would want it to look like or what I felt was presentable to an actual client, right? And so I felt the whole thing felt harder rather than easier. What I finally started doing was being proactive in my hiring, was looking at my org chart and saying, based off of what I want this to look like six months from now, a year from now, who do I need to start thinking about hiring? What job op do I need to start writing down? What skill set do those people that I want to eventually hire need? When I did that, I was able to look at, okay, two months from now, we are probably going to have a surge of people, right? Because maybe we were already almost booked out. So I know that like in two months, we're definitely going to be booked out. So instead of waiting two months to hire that next tech VA that we needed, now we start hiring that person two months from the time we actually need them. That allows us time to onboard them properly, to show them exactly how we do things at the Launch Guild. It allows them time to be able to look at the SOPs that we already have. So it cuts down on the amount of questions that are coming in once they start off with a client because they know where to find the info and they already have taken the time to properly understand how we do things at the Launch Guild. So one of the things and the key tip for this that I want to point out to you is as you're creating your org chart, make sure, especially if you are desiring a larger team, that you are removing yourself as the bottleneck. Now, you guys know that I always talk about my director of operations, Jay LaRae. Shout out to Jay LaRae once again. And I will just say that it was such a revolutionary move and so huge and helpful for me once I hired Jay LaRae originally as my admin right hand in chief and team manager. And that was her original title. And the reason that it was so helpful was because those small questions that come up throughout the day no longer were coming to me. They were going to Jay LaRae. Those questions that come, came up from team uh, about LastPass or about, hey, I have a quick question about this or um, do you know if if so-and-so gave access to that, right? All of those questions no longer went to me. So I could actually take chunks of time doing what I needed to do, marketing, showing up, being visible, having sales calls, all of those other things, instead of breaking up my day into five-minute microbytes <laughs> because my team was constantly needing stuff from me. And rightfully so, right? Your team needs somebody to ask those questions of, but that person doesn't necessarily need to be you. So I want you to make sure as you're building out your organizational chart that you are not the bottleneck for your business. Okay, moving on to number three, start documenting your processes right now. Start documenting your processes now. And the reason for that is because once again, we get overwhelmed when those team members have to come to us for everything. When we don't actually have a process and we have to reinvent the wheel every single time we have a new client come in. If you document your processes now, and I'm going to give you a quick tip in a second of how to start doing that. But if you document your processes now, then when you hire that first team member, you can send them those videos and say, hey, team member, here are the first two tasks that I want you to accomplish. Here's the videos on how to do it, right? Watch the videos and let me know if you have any questions. Ah, 
how amazing would that feel? (laughs) So much more amazing, right, than what you're probably doing now if you already have a team and don't have your processes documented, which is, oh, let me shoot you a Loom video for that. You go and shoot the Loom video, but you don't, you know, put it anywhere. And so the next time that person has a question or another person has a question, you shoot the exact same Loom video, oh, that is not helpful to anyone at all, right? We do it once, we do it once with excellence, and then we don't have to do it again anymore because we already have the process documented. So here's your quick tip in how to start documenting your processes the easy way. So what I want you to do, instead of creating the entire written SOP yourself, the next time you create a process or the next time you actually do something that you know is going to be handed off to a team member, either internally for your own business or externally for your clients, I just want you to hit that record button on Loom or another video recording software of your choice. And then you're going to download that video and you're going to upload it to a folder. Voila! (laughs) So much easier, right? And then when your team member is actually ready. And when you hire that new person and when they ask you the question about how do I schedule social media, you say, I actually have a video for that. Here you go. Once you've actually done the process, once you're talking to them at this point, right? So let's call this team member, Bob. So Bob, once you've actually documented or done this process once, I want you to actually write it down as a written SOP and then put it in that same folder. So we have it fully documented. Right. So then when you hire your next person who's going to do social media for, let's call this next person Sue Ann, <laughs> going to do social media for Sue Ann, and that next team member comes in, you can say, here is the video and the written process of how we schedule social media for Sue Ann. Right. Oh, so, so amazing. So let's review one more time all three of my tips. Number one, get your mind right. Realize that you are now fully in the CEO seat, which means that what you need to be doing every day is going to change. That's going to be a little bit jarring, but I want you to go for it. And don't forget to head on over to tashabooth.com forward slash podcast with the show notes so that you can check out that book recommendation, The Big Leap. Number two, figure out your ideal organizational chart or org chart for short. Figure out what that looks like, not just right this second, but what you ideally want it to look like six months or a year from now so that you can be proactive in hiring your team members that are going to be in your agency. And then number three, start documenting your processes right this very second. Do it the easy way. Just hit record and record it as you are doing it the next time you do it. Well, I hope this was super helpful. If you want some more tips on how to eliminate team overwhelm, then head on over to my free training, Five Steps to Eliminating Team Overwhelm. That is at tashabooth.com forward slash team. Once again, that's tashabooth.com forward slash team. It's a quick 15 minute training on how to release team overwhelm And you're just going to be blown away by how easy it can be to go from an overwhelmed agency owner to an agency owner who is feeling completely aligned in her business. Have a great day. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You're doing a great job.